Hello, and welcome to this One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram, and this week we have a very special podcast. Uh, Brian is not with us. Uh, Brian uh, has some a uh, few different things that he is working on this week, and he's not able to join us. But this week, uh, I have on uh, the person who uh, I have quoted more than anyone else uh, on this show, uh, and don't get Get your uh, hopes up that this is Eckhart Tolle. Um, this is actually my wife, uh, Mary Liz, and uh, she has agreed to join me today on the podcast. Um, and it wasn't just sort of a random, hey, you want to do the podcast. Um, uh, over the past three weeks um, of Lent, if you don't know what Lent is, it's a uh, it's the forty days leading up to Easter. That's on the Christian calendar. It starts with Ash Wednesday, and then goes up to Easter. But um, if you're not familiar with the Christian tradition, uh, Lent is a time where people will often give up something uh, as they as they move through that forty days as, as a uh, a marker of those forty days. But oftentimes people will also take on something, so they'll add a practice uh, to their life, and uh, that's actually why um, I'm talking with Mary. Liz uh, today because uh, she added something uh, this Lent that uh, has been really impactful um, uh, on our family, but it's also been really impactful around our community and especially uh, sort of the social media and online community. Uh, So I asked her to come and uh, just talk about that with me. Uh, We'll do it kind of an interview style. Uh, and there's just so much goodness uh, that she's going to kind of bring to us. So uh, Mary Liz, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> uh, this is Mary Liz's first podcast. Um, she has been interviewed on television before uh, about her preschool and some other things, uh, but I think it's probably kind of weird sitting across uh, from me uh, and a microphone and doing a podcast as she giggles. We're actually sitting in our bedroom uh, with a really strange little setup of um, uh, TV trays and microphones, and because the kitchen uh, had a had a terrible echo. And because my office, where I usually record the podcast, has baby chicks in it, and so there was lots of chirping. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's going to be a little giggly and a little, little funny. So, uh, first off, uh, so ever since I've known you, uh, the environment and um, uh, the earth and 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 doing what's right in regards to thing, those things have always been important to you. So, I'd love to tell for you to kind of talk about. Uh, where that started, why that is, kind of where you, you know, this this didn't just start with uh, a Lent practice. So just just talk about that a little bit. Um, well, when I was little, we lived by a lake, and it was always kind of had trash coming down and, you know, bubbles from the car wash, and it was in the 90s, and there was somebody called Auntie Litter, and I think Birmingham area people know who I'm talking about, um, but she would come to schools and talk about litter Um, and environmental practices, um, and I loved her and thought she was awesome. So I wrote her a letter um, and asked her to help me get the lake cleaned up by my house, and I started the cleanup club and harassed my friends into going around picking up garbage. Um, We'd kind of forgotten about some of those things, and we'd been cleaning out my mom's and dad's house and found a bunch of my cleanup club uh, flyers. And it was pretty funny because I was like, wow, I haven't changed at all because I'm still walking around the neighborhood picking up garbage with the kids. And, um, you know, just kind of kept kept my head in the game trying to do what I could. But until this Lent practice where we've been giving up 
single-use plastic and trying to, you know, adjust our lifestyle to have less waste. Um, I didn't feel like I was able to do much more than just pick up some garbage and recycle properly. Yeah, so uh, you know, so so the practice that you took on that we've taken on, um, kind of osmosis through you taking it on, is this uh, is is trying to minimize and 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 trying to really not use uh, as 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 much as possible single use plastics. Uh, if you're not familiar with what single use plastic is, it's literally what it says. It is if you it's a it's a piece of plastic that you use for one time one purpose. So it's everything from the 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 cellophane. Wrapping on a a um, on a steak that you get from uh, the the grocery store to uh, single use water bottles, anything like that. That's single use plastic, and we know that it is one of the biggest things that's destroying the environment, uh, especially oceans. Um, so you took this practice on, uh, and and like I said, sort of through us or through you, we all as a family have have sort of taken it on. Um, so so just talk about what what is it that you've learned so far? Because you're a researcher, you you enjoy reading and, and researching and learning, doing tons and tons of input. Um, and and so so tell us a little bit about what you've been learning and and kind of some of the interesting pieces from it. Sure. Um... Yeah, I really started kind of reading some articles first about single-use plastic and getting some statistics, you know, how much waste is being created, um, finding out that every year we're making more and more and more single-use plastic. Um, it's And 40% of all plastics made is single-use, and it's just made to, you know, be disposed of. It's made for our convenience just to be thrown away or recycled. Um, 6.9 billion tons is produced and only 6.3 billion tons um or 6.3 billion tons is not recycled. So barely any is actually recycled. Um, and 8.8 million tons goes to the ocean each year. And this stuff doesn't biodegrade. Mm. Like they say maybe 500 years to never for anything to fully degrade. It just breaks into smaller and smaller pieces if it's in the environment. So it's turning into microplastics, which you hear a lot about nowadays because that's what fish are eating, mm-hmm. um, getting into our water. Um, and it's just literally everywhere. Um, and a lot of it is because we find it so convenient because mm-hmm. if you're hungry, you can just go grab something. They're going to give you plastic forks. You get your drink. You throw it away because there's not recycling everywhere. And it's really hard to be informed of how to properly recycle. Mm-hmm. So it gets to be so much work that people don't really know what to do. So mm-hmm. I've kind of made it my goal to figure out every day a little bit more to notice around me and find different things that are plastic. How can we cut down on it? How can you properly recycle and dispose of it? Um, just to try to get that information out there. Yeah. So, um, there, there have been some interesting things. So, uh, one of the, let me make sure I got the stat right. So 6.9, mm-hmm. 6.9, what? Billion tons are produced. Billion tons are produced and only 6 point, and 6.6. 6.3 billion tons are not recycled. So almost okay. all of it is just garbage. <laughs> And that goes into landfills and oceans, right? Yeah, anywhere. You see it anywhere you go. And so uh, another thing you brought up were, were the, the microplastics, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, if, you, if, you're, if you've not been following some of the news stories about microplastics, what, what it's doing is it's getting into it, – it, they're so small that they are getting into – fish are, are basically pulling them into their gills, right? And then they kind of get stuck in the gills and then they leach into the fish's bodies. And then, uh, so they're harming the fish, but then when we eat those fish, 
those microplastics are in the fish that we're eating, and therefore there's a there's a poisoning effect that's happening to us as well, right? Right, and at the same time, you know, you, there's a lot of stories right now about the whales um, eating yeah. big pieces of garbage, big plastic bags, and it's killing them. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there keeps it's being bad. these stories where whales are washing up on beaches and they, they open them up uh, and they are just, com- I mean, literally they're full of garbage. Right. And I thought it was just focused on oceans and, you know, rivers, but I also read some articles, actually it was in, um, in a book I read, that even camels out in Kuwait, like they're eating garbage. And so mm. they're dying from getting a mass in their stomach. They think they're full, um, but it's garbage in their stomach that can't be processed. Good grief. So uh, one of the things that you've been doing around our neighborhood and our community is helping people understand recycling. Um, because uh, I think growing up in the 90s, recycling was this really cool idea. You had the little green, you know, the arrows making the triangle symbol. Uh, something people were excited about. We all loved Captain Planet. Um, we all loved that show and, and were kind of, I think, inspired by that. And so recycling, you sort of felt, I, at least I did in the 90s, that um, – recycling was going to be the answer right and and so you just put all your plastic all the things that that are recyclable into the big recycling bin they come pick it up and and yay the world's saved but that's not really how it works right no especially not now it's recycling is really like trash relocation like our trash goes to recycling center it's sorted it's bailed and it's shipped somewhere and we're finding out now with the chinese ban on pretty much our garbage they don't want it and so now all these recycling centers have bales of plastic that's just sitting there that's now garbage. And some places are burning it. They don't know what to do with it. They're putting it in landfills. Unless you have a operating recycling center in your you know, area, it's just sitting. And so some places aren't recycling anymore because they don't know what to do. It's gotten to be expensive. It's a lot cheaper to just bury something and preserve it in a landfill. Um, than to use the process of recycling and make it into something new. And with so much being produced, new plastic, new single-use plastic being produced, it's cheaper. So why would a business who's, you know, financially minded want yeah. to put in that extra money unless they're ethically driven? Well, and that's and that's uh, I think what's been interesting about. Uh, uh, seeing you do this with the single-use plastic, uh, you're online doing this, and and there's been a ton of momentum behind it. And I think that's the encouraging piece. Not to not to get too far ahead, but the encouraging piece is there. There does seem to be um, some kind of societal awareness that's growing. People are uh, becoming more and more aware of these problems. They're seeing the images of the wells. They're seeing the images of the 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 you know basically trash continents that are floating out in the ocean. Um, and so it does feel like people are becoming more interested, wanting to know more, wanting to do more, but it's still a, a massive problem, especially when the things that we think are helping, like recycling, and we're not saying that recycling doesn't help at all, right? When we put it in the recycling bin, some of that does get recycled, right? Right. Yes, definitely. And I think it's twofold. And that's what I've been nervous about by sharing the problem with recycling facilities is I want people to be aware we need to be supporting them even more and yep. recycling better and encouraging our communities to recycle and be self-sustaining in that way instead of outsourcing our garbage. I don't want people to give up and think, well, it doesn't matter. It's going to be garbage anyway. Because mm-hmm. right where we live, it's not garbage. They're not burning it. They're not shutting it down. And we need to learn how to recycle well because that will make it less expensive because they're having to sort out our trash from our recycling. Yeah. Um, and another thing, too, like a lot of the, you know, we say the trash continents that are floating. And I've learned with 
the way that the plastic is breaking down that you know the real big areas like the great pacific garbage patch is more like a microplastic soup it and it's even more difficult to clean up than Mm. if you could go scoop big bottles and bags out so just there's so many angles coming at us that just tell us we need to be more responsible with the way we live well and i think it's not just uh you know we, we, we live in a time and age where uh, disinformation is a very real thing. And uh, one of the things that, that I've been really interested that that you've learned and experienced through this process is that there is a plastics lobby mm-hmm. um, that's functioning in our country. Just like everything else is bad for us, there's a lobby for it. And um, there's a plastics lobby who's spreading disinformation, who uh, goes out and, and uh, gets these certain articles published to try to dissuade people from recycling from doing these things, from having these environmental concerns and kind of, it, it feels like it's trying to do one of two things. It's, it's either trying to ease your mind and say, oh, it's not really that bad. It's okay. It's, it's all being blown out of proportion or it's telling you, hey, nothing you're doing is working. So you might as well just give up anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So what, what, what have you experienced with that? Because yes. I think that's been really interesting. Especially with bags. I, cause I'm doing a lot of research, a lot of reading, finding books, finding articles, um, making sure I'm finding reputable sources. And if I'm not sure, I am trying to figure out where this is coming from. Um, and I've come across a few articles now that people are starting to ban plastic bags, trying to show how plastic bags are actually more environmentally friendly because their production doesn't use as much, um, you know, doesn't have as big of a carbon footprint right. as making a reusable bag. Um, but I just... When I read that, I was like, what? Like, that's one way to look at it. But you drive down the road, you can count 100 plastic bags on a short trip. Like, they're stuck in the trees. They're stuck on the fences. They're blowing across right in front of our windshield the other day. I wish I'd taken a picture. Um, But you can just look and use your your brain and be like, well, that's not right because there's plastic bags everywhere. That's what's in the whale's stomachs. Like, that's you just have to be really careful, especially when you're Googling things, which I do a lot just to make sure you're finding the correct information as best you can. Well, and what you're talking about is this article that, that we saw the other day that, that was, it was a disinformation article. It was, it was saying that, uh, you know, this whole, uh, ban the bags. yeah, ban the bags, all this stuff is, is, is it's, phony. It's, 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 it's not working stupid and, yeah. you know, that's just trying to make us feel better. Yeah. And so what you do is you, you know, you've got states like uh, California and I believe Oregon and some places like that who are banning straws, who are uh, plastic straws, who are banning, uh, who have have banned uh, uh, plastic shopping bags, and it it's a direct attack on those kinds of efforts, those mm-hmm. kinds of legislated efforts. But then, you know, just like anything nowadays, I, I I think, and maybe this is a whole another podcast episode. I think that every single one of us needs to read books on good journalism uh, because. Because a, a, a good journalist knows how to uh, knows how to verify sources, knows how to track sources, knows how to track where stories are coming from, so that you can weed out propaganda from actual stories. Uh, I, I feel like every one of us needs training in that today because of, of, of so much dis- disinformation that's being kind of pumped out into the, uh, especially on social media. But as you started to follow that trail uh, of that one article. You found some pretty interesting stuff. Right. And it's very frustrating that you have to put so much effort into living well. Like you have to work so hard to yeah. find a fact and then you have to 
were, and it's like a we've experienced kind of a battle of yeah. trying not to have plastic, like because you're even trying to not get a bag. And he went to a gas station and said, I don't need a bag. And the lady said, oh, yes, you do. You might need it for the trash and gave it to him anyway. Yeah. Like it's just our nature, what we're used to and our habits are all these convenient things. So if yeah. we're trying, we're inconveniencing ourselves is to, to do something better. And that's, that's a lot of effort. So I'm trying to find ways that I can help other people cut down on their single plastic use and cut down on their waste in a way that doesn't, you know, really affect them in such a way that they just give up. Yeah, well, and and that's the that's the most difficult thing. I mean, as we've been going through this, um, I've I've not been reluctant or resistant to it, but it is that whole thing is like, gosh, how much of my life is this going to disrupt? Because right? it's difficult. Because it's difficult, ways. and 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 it's some are easy. Yeah, some are easy. Some, I mean, the truth of the matter is, none of it's difficult. Yeah. Right. I mean, the truth of the matter is, we're we're not having to go hunt for our food. We're not having to, you know, we're not living in a war torn country where we don't know if our our house is going to get bombed. Yeah, we're just having to think a little more and make different choices. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's all difficult. contextual. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not difficult, but we're just changing a habit. It, but yeah, that's right. And and unless you feel the pain, or unless you've had a personal experience that sort of transforms your thinking, uh, it can feel difficult and it can feel very inconvenient. And overwhelming. And overwhelming. Yeah, because we're because I think so many of us, I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about, is just trying to live a better life, trying to notice things, trying to see things, trying to uh, live life in such a way where you where you really do look around and you're intentional about your living. And and while that's rewarding and exciting and, and it enhances your life, it also can wear you out. Uh, if, if you're always being intention, trying to be intentional about what you do, it makes you tired. Yeah, there were some nights at the beginning where I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. Yeah. I'm having to figure out all this stuff. And everywhere I look, everything's plastic. Like I was in the bathroom and everything I touched was plastic. Yeah. Um, and we went. I went through the house. This is the first thing I did. And I counted the easily countable single-use plastic items. And we have a small house. We have one bathroom. We yep. don't buy a lot of stuff. We've been through, you know, purges and trying to be more minimalist. Um, but we had over 700 pieces of single-use plastic. And I'm talking about shampoo bottles, toothbrushes, you know, the freezer bag of corn, like yeah. milk cart, I mean, milk bottles, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we had so much. And... You know, just trying to break it down into steps on how how to do this and not get overwhelmed. And that's a small house with a family who's uh, pretty environmentally conscious, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and none of that's said to, to to place guilt or to make anyone feel bad. What it, it it what it does is it just helps us realize how big the problem yeah, and is, and that we're surrounded by plastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that would be my first. My first suggestion, if you want to try to live with a little less waste, is just to notice notice the plastic. Yeah. Like, go through your day, and every time I'm grabbing something, I'm like, oh, that's plastic. Well, look at that. That's plastic. We were doing that even at, at my school. Uh, we were having Teacher Appreciation Week, and I grabbed a bunch of plastic forks for breakfast. And one of the teachers said, hey, that's plastic. I was like, oh, my gosh, it is. I didn't even think about it because it's what we always do. Yeah. And so the first week or two was a big learning curve. And all I did really was notice. And then if I could make a switch, I made a switch. So but just noticing 
what what you're buying, what you're reaching for, um, or what's around you without even having to make a change. I would say that's a really good yeah. first step, just awareness. Yeah, well, and, and we talk about, Brian and I have talked about that a lot on the show too, is is that the first step to changing a, 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 a practice or changing a trajectory is just by opening your eyes, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and being intentional about looking around, being intentional about noticing, raising awareness about whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, and, and, you know, you and I have talked about before, Rob Bell says, you, you can't unsee what you've seen, right? right? You yeah, can't unsee. Yeah, I thought unsee. about that a lot. That yeah. Once you see, you can't unsee. Cause, and you can't. And we were joking at, at work and, you know, people in carpool line saying, like, because you're putting that on there, now I'm noticing it everywhere yeah. and I can't stop it. Yeah. Well, and it's a double-edged sword, right? It's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's hopefully it's a blessing because you are um, uh, switching how you live, and it, and it's causing you to be more intentional. It's a curse because you 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 just you see it everywhere, and it kind of uh, not to use this lightly, but it pollutes your your view of the world, right? Everything. Oh, we were just driving down the interstate the other day, going to Savannah, and the number of plastic bags and things on the side of the road that we saw and that we noticed was exponentially more than I've ever noticed before, right? And I don't think it was just really dirty that day. (laughs) Right, it's because it's on our mind. And you can't, I think there's just, I just don't want people to get overwhelmed by that. I just want that to be a motivator. Well, maybe that's a good, maybe that's a good place to kind of switch. I mean, so one of the things that you and I have talked about is, you know, like like I said, uh, it's difficult for me uh, using that contextually, it's difficult for me at the beginning because I was like, gosh, how much am I going to have to change? Um, and one of the things you and I talked about early on was uh, if, if we can make changes convenient, it's way easier to do them, right? If I'm having to make a huge lifestyle change, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to do that at the beginning. But if we can figure out small, convenient switches, Eventually, they will not only add up to something bigger, but then it will give you sort of the the willpower, I think, to then start to make the larger kind of life right. changes. So what, sure. what are some practical kind of on-the-ground things that, that you've seen that are sort of those easier first-step changes? Yeah, there's definitely some really easy alternatives, that just things you can substitute for a single-use plastic item that I felt kind of silly that I never thought of. So we are buying our eggs in the little paper, you know, cardboard carton. We used to get in the plastic one just because we did. And yeah. right next to it, there's a paper one. So we get those. We get the milk in the carton. There's so many things you can buy. You may have to order a little more stuff than get it at the store. I did find that out. We get shampoo yeah. bars instead of a bottle of shampoo, conditioner bars instead of the plastic bottle of conditioner. Um, and so, like, that's a change. Like, okay, so this is a good example, right? That's a change that you and the girls have made, mm-hmm. but Patrick and I have not. Right. Right? Because I, I, I use a certain kind of shampoo and a certain kind of body wash, and Patrick does too. And so that's a change y'all have made that we haven't. Right. Right? So if and you're listening, just know we're, you we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, but if you're listening, just know that, you know, it's, it, it's everybody's kind of going at their own yeah. pace. Yeah. And you have to pick things that work for you. These are the things yeah. that I. I tried um, and that's what I'm putting on my Facebook or like this shampoo bar is awesome our hair's dry it worked great blah mm-hmm. blah blah so that other people won't have to do the research and the testing I'm kind of like the guinea pig yeah. I'll try more extreme stuff maybe than somebody else um, like I made the bread um, but then I realized that was one of those like moments where you go aha because it's like 
a mindset change. It took me 10 minutes to put stuff in a bread machine. It would have taken longer to go to the store and get the bread in the plastic bag. It would take me longer to check out than just put the stuff in there, go to work, you come home, and there's a loaf of bread. So some of those things, you think it's a big deal, but you just maybe need to try it. Well, Um, and you, you, you... And, and it's a it's a loaf of bread that you know the ingredients of, yeah. right? So it's it's uh, when when we talk about changing habits, you want to talk about habit bundling. Um, that's something I think we'll talk about on, on an episode, another episode. Is that one of the best ways to change a habit is to bundle. Uh, new habits together and bundle rewarding habits together. So you might take a, a habit that might be a little more difficult and you bundle it with something that's good, that's exciting, that you want, then it's way easier to do that habit. So like with, with the bread, it's actually easier to just throw the stuff in there and get home and you got fresh baked bread. But not only do you have fresh baked bread, but your house smells like fresh baked mm-hmm. bread, which is a which is a good habit to to bundle on there. It's a reward, and you know what all went into that bread, so it's it's beneficial on a number of levels. Yeah, right? it's healthier, and yeah. I have found that doing this and using less plastic. I have not been focusing on. You can read a lot of stuff online about the toxic things in the plastic and all that. I'm I'm just focused on waste right now. Yeah. Like I I haven't on gone the environment down that avenue. It's more that you know recycling's not enough, maybe. Um, so we just yeah. need to be less wasteful, but it has forced us by accident to be much healthier. We, when we first started, I made everybody go with me on a tour of whole foods. I had no intention to buy anything really that day. I just needed to know like, how am I going to shop plastic free? Like this is probably the best place for me to do it. Right. Um, so I just want to go walk around and Patrick and I went down some rows. Everybody's looking and we're like, okay, so there's no option for the chips cause blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, but look at all this food, you know, these fresh vegetables, um, all of that. So we're coming home with more fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. We're not getting the snack food. We're having to make some things we want. Like we have been eating much better. Way better. Because I'll look at the the bag, you know, individually packed goldfish, and I'm like, well, we can't get those because it's plastic bags in a plastic bag. Um, And just, you know, making different choices. And the kids have not even complained. No, and and that's the thing too is like uh, again we didn't eat poorly before like we right. ate well we ate before well. we ate, we eat pretty well we try to eat organics we try to eat whole foods we try to do all that but uh, but uh, again this is it's just one of those kind of beneficial habits where it, it helps a number of areas in your life and uh, we we would never I mean hardly ever did we buy chips but now we. Definitely don't buy chips. Except for we realized we ate a lot of tortilla chips and oh. we missed those. Yeah. <laughs> but there are still other ways. If you have time to figure it out, you can find things. Like there's, you know, store down the road, you can buy the fresh tortillas and mm-hmm. it was in a paper bag when you brought it home. Like we just have to make a little more effort. Well, yeah. And if you have a, uh, if you have like a Latino supermarket uh, around you, you can actually go and buy fresh freshly made tortilla chips which are probably way better tasting than the ones in the bag and they will put them in a in a paper bag for you so if you need more tortillas yeah this has been an interesting um switch because i hate running errands i don't Mm. ever want to go anywhere i just like to come home and I want Stephen to go grocery shopping, and I don't want to. Yes. But I have been stopping at the coffee shop to get the coffee beans because it won't be in the plastic bag that I get at the grocery store. Like, I've been making that effort because this was something I wanted to do for these 40 days. And now that we're getting close to the end, 
this has been life changing. I'm yeah. not going to go back. Yeah. Um, I'll just keep moving forward because I feel like I'm finally doing what I'm supposed to be doing environmentally. Yeah. What What are some other things? I know you've got some more some more pieces there. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's changing habits. Um, mm-hmm. That once you can get over that first hurdle, you just have to keep practicing, like keeping a reusable coffee mug with you, um, or some silverware and a stainless steel straw. Um, trying to remember to have the water bottle. Um, that took us a while. I went to Starbucks four times before I actually had the mug. Like Mary mm-hmm. Claire and I, she'd be like, "Oh, I want a Starbucks." And I was like, "Okay." And we stopped by, and I was like, "God, I don't have a mug again." And yeah. finally, the fourth time I was like I did it I have my reusable mug <laughs> and then we went out to lunch and the girls and I had our forks and our spoons and we um, we got our foods at whole, I mean, our food at Whole Foods and we sat down and ate and we remembered everything with the water bottle so you know like just those habits but now after what three weeks yeah. it's been three yeah. weeks like we've got it Mary Claire takes her stuff with her I've got it I've got extra forks so that Stephen doesn't have to even remember well, and that's the thing. I mean, because there is this, I mean, they're, you know, talking about the easy things and the harder things. I mean, bringing your own uh, silverware to places is, is more difficult. It is. Right? That, that is one of those things that, because there's there's also this kind of part of it where you just feel weird. You're well, like, oh, I, you I, like, I've got my own silverware. You, you <laughs> feel like everybody's looking at you. Or if you're like, oh, I don't need a bag. Or if I take in my Riesel bag to like Lowe's. Yeah. And they always are kind of like, you brought a bag to Lowe's. But. Nobody cares. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's just like we tell our 13-year-old. It's like middle school. Literally Nobody no cares. one cares. Everybody's worried about their self, <laughs> not you. And 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 if they care, well, oh, yeah, cares? I mean, either it's that's more of a judgment on them yeah. or they might care and it might actually inspire them to yeah. to think a little differently about how it, they live life. I, do, I did go through a phase where I felt really angry. I was a little frustrated because I thought living this way is all resting on me it's all resting on the consumer like if you don't want the plastic fork by golly you better bring your own fork like there's no alternative sometimes and i was getting very frustrated we went to starbucks and we had our mugs and i was waiting on um the girls and i was standing by the trash can and just kind of looking around and observing like i said just Mm -hmm. noticing what's plastic and there's a little sign that said thank you for recycling and doing your part to help the planet but there was no recycling bin anywhere and they use number five plastic cups which are recyclable but no facility in our area recycles that you have Mm -hmm. to mail it or give it to my friend who has is awesome and has made a shredder to make it into new things. But that means you have to go to her house. And, I mean, I know her, but yeah. everybody doesn't know her. But I thought, that's a dirty trick. Like, you're yeah. trying to make us feel better with your little sticker. And you are using technically recyclable items, but there's nowhere to put it. Yeah. All the stuff was in the garbage can. Yeah. 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 And, and, so and, and that's, uh, you know, that's both good and bad, right? Because... Uh, if if companies see that, um, and we've seen this with the organic movement, um, people have jumped on the organic train uh, because they know that people uh, that there's a tipping point with organic products where people are wanting to buy organic products, they're willing to spend a little more money to buy the organic product, right? Um, and so I think we're at a tipping point with this sort of thing with single use plastic and 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 maybe smart recycling is a way to to think about it. Um, so companies are starting to care because the consumer cares, but you still have to be smart, right? You still have to be right. savvy about it. Yeah, and we're having to do, do and which is with any systemic change, yeah. it starts with the people. It starts with yeah. people moving together to create that change. And it's tiring at the beginning because it's not in place. Um, but we, we were hiking um, 
the other day and we were in a very remote place Mm -hmm. and there was no garbage. I saw maybe just the teeniest corner of a little package of something and I picked it up, but there's nothing. And then all of a sudden we were looking down the the creek or the river and there's this tire like just glowing in the sun. Like, hello, I'm right here. (laughs) It doesn't belong there. There's no road. Nobody dumped it there. Yeah. Um, and it just, everybody said, hey, look, take a picture, Mom, take a picture, because I'm taking a lot of pictures <laughs> lately and I'm going to document things yeah. that I'm seeing. And it just popped in my head that the problem is upstream. Like the yeah. the problem is, um, you know, that's washing, literally washing down from, you know, our areas where we live and yep. things that aren't managed. But metaphorically, like it is a problem at the top, the corporations, the people um, and businesses that are, that are making the stuff, telling us what we need. This is the only thing available. You know, you want grapes. Well, they're in a plastic bag. Right. We have not, found we have not any been able to find grapes outside grapes of plastic. that aren't in a plastic bag. Like so frustrating. The problem is what's being produced. The problem is um, that it's not easy for a consumer. We need change from the top. Um, and I know that it starts with us. Yeah. And, you know, there's a quote from a book that I read about. It says, we may be little fish compared to multi-billion dollar corporations, but little fish can swim together in the same direction. Yeah. So by making some choices, small choices, whatever works for you, doesn't have to be as extreme as what we're doing where I'm making yogurt, and which is also Dude, super so easy, easy. And way better. And no containers, and we always have yogurt. Um, but, you know, like, I make my own soap. Like, you don't have to make your own soap. You can buy soap that's not in plastic. Like, yeah. there are so many things that you can do. So just yeah. start by looking and connect with other people so you don't feel alone. It's very motivating to feel encouraged and have other people finding out different ways to be more responsible with the way we live. Well, and and it's one of those things, just like any kind of movement, you have to commit to personal change, but you, but if you want to see, if you want to see real change, you also have to think about societal changes, Mm -hmm. right? And so, I mean, like our kids go to an amazing school system. God, we love our school system so much. We love the teachers and the administrators. We love how they handle um, sort of their business and, and, and who they want to be as a school. Um, But our kids elementary school, they serve lunch every day on styrofoam Mm -hmm. with plastic silverware, right? Right. The whole school system and most school systems. It's so frustrating. And, and what we know is, uh, in the long run, it's actually cheaper to, to have the plates, have the silverware and wash Mm -hmm. it, but there's a convenience factor. Um, and probably a perception too. So, you know, even as we're kind of doing this, uh, as a family, Part of the some of the conversations we've had is okay. How are we going to start trying to affect our school system mm-hmm. here in in in, in Homewood? Um, and like we said, we love our school system. We're not demonizing it, but there's a there's a big glaring problem that truthfully doesn't fit the mo. It doesn't fit the personality of our community, and it doesn't fit the personality of the school system. It it, it feels like an outlier um, that they use all that um, styrofoam and plastic. And so, so we're you know we're talking about how do we how do we start to engage the problem on a, on a societal level, but also um, as as individuals uh, as well. So, um, anything else? Any any other big big pieces you want to share? Um, I would say that I think. Like I was saying, it's important to get connected and find, even if it's like you're on Facebook, get Facebook groups, um, just something where you're talking through this and working through it with other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, for all the ills of social media, it, it, it's just another great place that you can gather. Uh, you can gather like-minded people. I know you've got a couple of different groups that, that you've either been a part of starting or that have got, you know, that you're in that, that, that are, uh, helpful. Uh, I know you and your friend Molly, who is the, uh, plastic muncher, uh, in our community. Uh, they, she's got a machine that chops up the plastic. Uh, I know y'all, uh, do this kind of thing. I know you've made flyers. Maybe we can get a PDF and put it on the website of the recycling flyer that you made. Uh, we'll put that on the website in the show notes, uh, as well. Um, but, but just doing those small things, getting with like-minded people and because it's way easier to, to make change in your own life. If you have a community around you, if you have a small group, if you have a small group of people around you who are also trying to exact the same kind of change. There's accountability and there's encouragement in that. And so I'd really encourage you to do that. You're also posting on on Facebook every day, right? Mm -hmm. These findings and and little snippets. And that's got a ton of traction. Um, so that's public. So you can actually, um, it, yeah, you can, you can go on Facebook, Mary Liz Ingram. Uh, you can, you can find her on that. And all of these recycling posts are public. Uh, her profile isn't public, but all these posts are public. So you can go on there, you can share them, you can like them, um, which I would really encourage. And, and you're going to write some posts about this for the, this one, good life blog as well. And I think probably for your own art blog, mm-hmm. uh, as well at some, some point. point too. Um, so well, thank you. This has been really, really helpful uh, as we sit in our bedroom uh, with coffee or with uh, TV trays, uh, wooden TV trays, yeah, not plastic. Try not to let my chair squeak. Yeah, try not to bump the table and let the chair squeak. Um, so finally, uh, one, one of the things that we do uh, each week is uh, on, on This One Good Life is that we give you some uh, some practical recommendations uh, where we just kind of some kind of tell you some of the good stuff that we're discovering in our own lives that will hopefully uh, add beauty uh, and goodness to yours. And so we, uh, Mary Liz and I were talking since we're, since we're talking about plastic and, and the environment, we thought we'd give you uh, some uh, recommendations based on this week's topic. Uh, for me, uh, I, I am terrible about remembering to bring in the uh, the shopping bags, right? The the reusable shopping bags when I go grocery shopping. I they they sit in the back of my Jeep and uh, they're there, uh, but I forget them all the stinking time. And then I shame you. And then I get shamed when I walk in with with plastic. Um, so I was at Fresh Market the other day, and I, I know Whole Foods has these as well, uh, but they they are they're larger. They're cut. They're made of. They're kind of canvas. Um, and they're also insulated. Like the one I have from Fresh Market, it's black. Uh, it has a, like a shiny insulation on the inside uh, that keeps your groceries uh, cool or warm or whatever they are. And they're bigger. Uh, and I realized one of the reasons why I didn't use the, uh, the what are they called? The shopping bags that you yeah, bring in. The tote. Yeah, the totes, right? Uh, was because they're so tiny. I, 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 it was a psychological thing. So I got one of these big ones, uh, and I keep one or two other small ones inside of it. And now I'm also keeping uh, these produce bags. We got those on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I've got these produce bags on Amazon because every time you put your vegetables in one of those, you know, really thin little plastic bags, that's another single-use plastic that's going to end up in the ocean. Um, so Maybe. I keep that. 
or in the landfill, right? <laughs> I, I say the ocean because I want everybody to visualize these poor whales that are full of your vegetable bags. Um, uh, but my big bag, my big insulated bag, and I have a couple other bags in that, and then those produce bags. And for some reason, I'm not having a hard time remembering yeah, you, to take you that like in. Your bag. You I like, like my bag. Funky. It feels good. It's black. It so, looks good. I feel like I look good walking you around. You recommend with find it. a bag you feel cute in. You know what? Yeah, look good. Look good with, look good your, with uh, your bag. Look good with your bag. Shop shop in style. Um, <laughs> but it's been way easier. For, it's it's that habit bundling, right? There was a reward with it's it. It's the trick that you remember. So it's everybody a trick. needs to find their way to remember. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So I keep one in the like. In the front next to my seat, so I won't forget. That, that's your reminder? Yeah, now yeah. I remember. But well, I think you've built the habit. Well, it took me a long yeah. time. I still would forget. Yeah. So it's been really, uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. So my recommendation is uh, find one of those. If you have a hard time remembering to bring in those bags, find one either that you really like, that you feel good about, or one that you, uh, or, or that's bigger, uh, whatever it is that's going to make you want to carry that in that will make you re- remember to do that. And those, those, uh, produce bags because I, I love those 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 make me super happy yeah. and we forgot those one day um, the girls and I were shopping and we just put everything in the buggy without the bag yeah. and it was fine too and I had read somewhere they said that you worry oh they're gonna get dirty but they grew in the yeah, dirt they grew in the dirt. and you're gonna wash them anyway so yeah. the people had no problem at the grocery store checking out even though they weren't in the bag yeah Absolutely. So, so Marilyn, uh, what about you? What, what's your recommendation well, for this week? I like week? to read. I like to um, gather as much information as I can because I want to be accurate and I like to share the information. So I went to the library and I tried to Google for books about plastic, which was a little hard to find what I wanted. Um, but I found a book called Junk Raft by Marcus Erickson, and they made a raft out of um, garbage. It was like bottles and all sorts of stuff, and they sailed and went to, you know, the the different gyres, the Pacific garbage patch, stuff like that, and we're just doing research. But it gave so much good information about um, our plastic use, the plastic lobby, like all of that stuff. But it was also entertaining because it was their adventure. Um, it was really, really good. Um, and then also, also um, National Geographic has a series called Planet or Plastic, and hmm. it was really excellent, too. And that's been in you recent can, episodes or recent um, um, issues. Magazines. Yeah, you yeah. can. Uh, and they switched. Uh, they used to send their magazines in plastic bags, and now they're in paper. Um, but you can get online and find articles that's National Geographic, Planet, or Plastic. So they're, they're sending them in paper bags now? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because I always rip it open and read it first. Well, it, yeah, that's right. It, it, was, uh, it was really interesting. National Geographic had a great article uh, a couple months ago where the front of the, the, the National Geographic, was it National Geographic or Time, that had the plastic bag on the ocean that looked like an iceberg? That was a good one. Was that Time or National Geographic? I can't remember. Anyways, I think it it was National Geographic. Yeah, it was a good image. Really, really powerful image. Uh, But when it arrived at our house, it was wrapped. It was in plastic. It was wrapped in plastic. I think that was before. That might have. I think it was that, and it was before they switched. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" I was like, "This is ironic." (laughs) (laughs) So uh, even National Geographic's getting getting into the game. So uh, those those are awesome recommendations. The the title of the book is what. Um, junk raft and that's by marcus erickson so we'll make sure that uh both the national geographic articles as well as uh the the book junk raft are are in the show notes uh as well as this week's um uh good stuff as well i don't know if you've uh if you're an apple person but uh apple has moved to this news plus um 
section of their news app where you can uh, actually, for I think it's $10 a month, you can subscribe to like 300 different magazines or something like that, and they will all be delivered digitally uh, to you. So you're uh, so if you're interested in, in you know saving the trees and doing that kind of thing, National Geographic, Time, they're all uh, in that as well. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, uh, look at that. It's a really cool way to cut down on uh, on, on the tree use. So uh, anyways, well, thank you so much, uh, Marilis. Thank you for uh, sitting in our bedroom and recording this, uh, as awkward as it is. You never think that we'd say uh, that sitting in our bedroom together is awkward, but it it, it is. So um, there you go. Uh, each week, uh, we want to leave you uh, and, and just remind you uh, of the words of William Yates. Uh, this world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. Have a great week.